from Melbourne and Minneapolis. This is for Christ's sake. Chapter 22. Carl woke the next morning feeling terrible. He was exhausted, cramped, and cold. His eyes hurt and his shoulders were stiff, probably from his drive in the Alpha, he reflected. His tongue was thick from smoking too much and his nose had chosen to ache again. He sat up on the cot and looked around the cell. Hello and welcome to the program. Uh, my name is Hunter. I'm joined by, as I am every week, uh, my, good ba- my, my, my good buddy Hugh. And uh, this is for Christ's sake. Uh, we're talking about the latest Hello. latest chapter of uh, Scratch One, the second novel that Crichton published under the nom de plume uh, Sean Lang. Let's see, we got a real corker for, for you today, right, Hugh? Right. Um, but before we get to that, uh, i got to mention that I'm joined by my good buddy, Blood Orange Screwdriver, and my other good buddy, Salt and Vinegar Potato Chips. What do you got on your side of the aisle? Well, I have a blood red port and a bowl of hard pretzels. Moving on. All right, so, All right, so uh, what happened last chapter? Oh, nope. You got to answer that because I did the last time. <laughs> I was asking myself. Okay, let's hear it then. Um, so last chapter, uh, Lissau had discovered Carr's attempt to eavesdrop upon the associates because Josette was always working for him and was never tempted by Carr's offer and was aware of the fact that he had stolen a knife from her. Lissau leads Carr out of the compound, puts him in his own car, um, sends him off on a drive. Everything seems to be okie-dokie. What's the word? A-OK? Hunky-dory? Hunky-dory. Everything <laughs> seems to be hunky-dory. Yep. But Carr is suspicious. He knows that Lissau wouldn't let him go that easily, and he's right because... Um, as he's driving off around a steep mountain uh, road, a sturdy Citroën drives into view and begins trying to shoot his tires out so that his car will careen off the edge of the cliff and it will look like an accident. Car manages to outsmart them and uh, lay a trap by stopping his vehicle suddenly uh, after a blind turn and uh, blocking the entire roadway jumping out of the vehicle himself and uh, dashing off into the night while the helpless Citron driver plows into his vehicle and explodes. Mm. So he he manages to escape and uh, he goes to a farmhouse. He hooks up with Vakar and Gorman, finally finds out what the lowdown is on all this business that we're well aware of by this point as readers. And uh, the, the setup for this particular chapter is that there is a race going ahead, a Grand Prix in Monaco, 
And in that race is one Victor Jennings, who is crucial to this particular arms deal between a Scandinavian country and Israel. And the associates are also going to be there attempting to assassinate him. But maybe Carr, Fakar and Co. can stop him. Mmm. Alright, so we're back. Carr has spent the night in a cell. For his safety. Fakar comes to collect him. They have some coffee. And uh, then they go over the plan for the day. Yep. Um, Fakar is basically like, uh, you know, it wouldn't be dramatic if we just arrested him. So our only option is to find him today at the race. And uh, he says, Car, you're actually crucial to our plans now because you spent a lot of time with Nissau at this point. You know how he moves. We know how he looks, but you know how he moves. So you'll be able to spot him in a crowd better than we can somehow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the intelligence agency. <laughs> we need you to still be in this book. So. We definitely need you. You amateur lawyer. With no discernible skills at all. So, yep. <laughs> they uh, get in a helicopter. <laughs> they get in a helicopter. They look at the course. They're like, oh, yeah, it looks all right. <laughs> here's, here's a few problem areas. They go home. They go to the race. The plan seems to be <laughs> they just split up to, like, look at people in the crowd to see if they can and find also, this out. It, it literally always used to be <laughs> Ricard and Carr. Yep, the two of them in this whole like, where, where is Gorman? <laughs> And what is Carr to do once he spots Lissau? <laughs> Blow a whistle. And I guess that will alert the car, but somehow won't alert Lissau. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the, the potty of this chapter does get a little uh, questionable, let's say. We learned a little bit about a real um, Formula One racer named Graham Hill. He was the most decorated Formula One racer of all time, I learned. Real person. I was wondering if it was a real person. I assumed it was, but I didn't check. He's the only person to win the, uh, I think it was the Triple Crown of of racing, which is uh, Le Mans, uh, the Indianapolis uh, 500, and I believe this the race that we're uh, spectating uh, in the book at right now. So Now, what I wondered was which side of the road did, would they drive on normally in Monaco? Or in France, for that matter. Um, on the only places that do it are basically former British colonies. So on the right, they drive on the right. Ah, okay. I mean, they drive on the left. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. So like, uh, like India drives on the left, but all of Europe besides England drives on the right. Right. Okay. I think maybe Ireland too also drives on the left, but I don't know for sure. So, does that answer your question? <laughs> it does. I thought I was going to catch Grattan out because I wasn't sure about that when he mentioned um, the driver's right hand. Oh, and also Japan drives on the left for whatever reason. <laughs> mm. I always thought that was really mysterious. Well, no. The, the reason the reason anyone drives on the left in the first place, the origin of that particular phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure that there is a, you know, historical or, or some sort of scientific principle behind it. It comes from walking along the road. Mm. Um, and you would have your hand out on the right Mm. to show that you didn't have a weapon is apparently the origin of it because that's your preferred hand and and you'd have to be on the left-hand side to be able to do that. What? When you're walking... So if someone's coming in the opposite direction to you 
Okay. If you're walking on the left-hand side, you can hold your right hand up to show that you're not a danger to them and that you have nothing in your preferred hand. <laughs> Is that why? Apparently so. And from then it just became a custom. Anyway, the reason it's 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 weird and the the reason it's strange that Japan drives with the left is that ev- literally every other place is like a former British colony, you know, like Australia, New Zealand, yeah, yeah. India, yeah. and it's just like Japan. Like, why? <laughs> yeah, we get like just a just a ton of like race facts. Uh, this is all the the whole thing is set. Uh, you know, the the uh, whole sequence of car looking for we saw is set under the exciting backdrop of. Again, which I assume is, uh, you know, uh, Crichton writing this book while the TV is on. <laughs> well, I just wanted to, to jump back a second. Mm. We do get random racing facts, but again, this is another quirk of the narrative style where the, the third person narration can sometimes take the perspective of the characters. Because we do get this, like, paragraph that ends with this. Another driver was killed in 1962 when he struck a tree. And the debris of still another crash killed a track official. The following paragraph begins with, These thoughts ran through Roger Carr's mind as he stood <laughs> on the hill near the royal palace. Yeah, that's very like, strange. Like, what, those specific thoughts? He's memorized some facts about, like, specific accidents down to the year that happened yeah, in what Monica. what a weirdo. <laughs> uh, I mean, he is looking out for an accident, so it's not like, quite as random as you're making it seem, but it is very strange. No, but why would anyone know that unless they were, like, specifically, like, archivists for a museum on the Grand Prix in front of Monaco <laughs> yeah, yeah. or something? Yeah. Or they're researching, like, Ford versus Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, or a sports journalist, at least. Yeah, I have no idea. But, um, so Victor Jennings, uh, you know, uh, he's not doing so hot in the race, but he's, he's sticking in there. Um, he's basically lost and being lapped. Yeah. Uh, and then suddenly his car goes over the side of the wall and into the water. And then a rescue effort commences. Yeah. Um, we, we don't yet know what happens, but mm. so far the divers haven't retrieved a body. Mm. So it doesn't mean he's dead. doesn't mean he's alive. We don't know yet. Oh, we also, we also forgot, neglected to mention that car has a near miss with Lisa. Yeah. So car, yeah, car sees Lissau. Lissau sees him as he approaches and uh, manages to elude him through the crowd. And then he remembers, the car told me not to blow my whistle. <laughs> yeah, why Why didn't he blow his whistle at any point? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get that. So he just tries to follow him and loses him pretty quickly because of yeah. the crowd. Um, yeah. So then this well, crash I also, happens. I also thought this was strange, which is like, you know, he's like trying to run through the crowd and people are like stopping him to be like, why are you bumping into me? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Very odd stuff. And then, um, yeah, so the crash happens. Carl witnesses it and he's like, oh, damn, Lissal won, right? Yeah. So he walks off dejectedly up the road to a quieter area. He's idly surveying some parked cars. And then he notices one that looks surprisingly familiar wah, wah, wah. a yellow Renault with leopard skin seat coverings no way yes way who could it be who could it be now uh, I'm afraid that the answer to that question is not revealed to us in this chapter no we don't know we've got no idea <laughs> we can surmise that it's Josette's car this person likes to wear racing gloves or driving gloves. yes there's also a pair of racing gloves yeah Hand-tooled. Mm. 
important detail. The end. That's the chapter. Not a very uh, substantial one. <laughs> nope. Uh, which is good. Is that also the end of the show, or do we have anything else we want to fucking chat about? Well, so you might disagree, mm. but I honestly think in the last couple of chapters, the book does pick up a little bit of momentum that it was, mm. had, had been lacking for some time. Yeah, I mean, like, stuff happens. So at least there was, like, a car chase. At least yeah. there's some excitement with this Grand Prix. If this is supposed to be an airplane movie, at least I can, like, credibly picture these scenes playing out in an mm. airplane movie. So there's that. Yeah. But also it, it's fairly it's st- shitty. predictable stuff. So <laughs> fairly generic, fairly predictable. I, I enjoy how much like whiplash, you know, the last, the last like five chapters, like nothing happens. You know, they added him go to the river and have a picnic. <laughs> then he gets caught by Lissau and then they spend us, then they spend another couple of chapters having picnics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it's like over the course of this chap, these two chapters, it's like, he gets rescued. He's fighting loose out. Like there's just, it's just uh, a lot of like, you know, why, why do you like space these revelations out and pace it a little better? I think this betrays the haste in which this book was written. Mm. Presumably he knocked this out without much forethought. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And without much redrafting. And then he just realized by this point, well, I've only got a certain amount of space to work with, um, to keep this book at a manageable mm. length. I better like accelerate the plot here and then wrap it up. Right. Oh yeah. That's what it feels like to me. It doesn't feel like I've really like carefully structured this book out in advance. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And that's why it's so fresh and vital and spontaneous. (laughs) That's what we really respond to. I'm so fucking ready for this book to be over. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, Even though the book is no longer, the fact that we do this, podcast uh according to the number of chapters it, it, it is a problem in this particular case because it's not that much different in terms of word length to odds on uh, yeah but odds on only lasted 15 episodes of this show so mm. rest of this which is like wait it only lasted 15 episodes of the show oh yeah yeah no, no, no. i'm sorry yeah not 15 recording sessions i don't know what else no not 15 recording sessions which this one Even is almost that. approaching mm. All right. Well, uh, anyway, so goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye.